Blog Talk Radio. won the American League. Uh, don't get cute here. Um, I think it's going to be the Brewers. I really do. And listen, you said everybody's on deck. Yeah, well, Josh Hader's on deck also. And you don't think he's going to be out there going three innings tonight? He will be. Uh, Jaquin has been awesome. Just seeing whatever the hell his name Uh, that is correct. So Miller Park has definitely been the magic place for them, and it's definitely had the home field advantage setting up big time. And um, listen, you can have Hader go three innings. You can have Kershaw go three innings. Is it fair to say that you'd much rather see Josh Hader? Then uh, you, you feel more confident behind Hader than with, behind uh, Kershaw. The last couple months, Hader's had some spots where he's gotten rocked. He really has. And it hasn't happened in the playoffs yet, but in September, there's been some spots. I've owned him in most leagues where – uh, he just couldn't get an out, giving up home runs. I remember the Cardinal game vividly. He gave up a home run to Azuna, and then uh, he didn't record it out. He gave up four more hits before being pulled. So he's so hit or miss. It's either drastically good or drastically bad. That's the concern there. But you would have to think not pitching yesterday will help him. And then Walker Bueller, Vinny, your boy, who you've been on all season, he's not looked good in the playoffs. No, he yes, hasn't. he had that one inning that you said and then settled down after that. But that inning counts. Yeah, he has course. not looked good in the playoffs, so you have to give the edge here to the Brewers. I'm all about the Dodgers tonight. They've been the better team all year long. I, I've been on them all year. How can you I have. be against them you've tonight? Been, so them. They had the chance last night. Uh, Milwaukee comes out. What was it? Uh, one nothing in the top of the first by the Dodgers, and Milwaukee answered right away. Um, you guys brought it up already. The fact that they got through the game without having to use Hader at all is such a huge thing for them last night. And I kept saying they got to bring Hader in, and then I'm like, you know what? At 5-2, I'm trying to get every single out that I could get without having to use Josh Hader. And they were able to get the rest of the outs, all 27, to get it done. That was huge. Kershaw said that he can go tonight a couple innings out of the bullpen. Uh, If you can go Bueller to Kershaw to Jansen, I mean, this is just going to be one of those epic (laughs) games. You don't get many Game 7s. This is the best – Best uh, two words in sports. I, I personally think it's going to come down to Josh Shader versus Kershaw. I think you're going to see both of them. Who goes deeper? Who does better? Who gives up the less runs? I think that's what it's going to come down to tonight. And that's a tough person. To, uh, which side you want to go with? But Well, you're taking the dominant reliever that has come out of the bullpen. One of them used to coming out of the bullpen. Right. Then the starter who everybody says sucks in the playoffs. But uh, I saw a lot of people posting some interesting stuff that uh, most people – I forgot the exact stat. Maybe Rob knows. I think you posted it. Do you want, why don't you share that? I think it was um, – he has eight postseason starts where he's given up one or fewer runs and three or fewer hits. Wow. Eight. Nobody looks at that. You know the record is – And the next in, closest is five. Right? Yeah, he's got the record. Nobody else has more than five in MLB history. 
Um, what that also says is how bad his bad starts are. Mm-hmm. So this is his turn tonight to come out there and etch his spot in history as one of the greats. Why? Because it's not just about the starts. What is so special about what Madison Bumgarner has done? He came out of the bullpen against Kansas City, yep. cemented his legacy. It was about his starts. And then in game seven, he came out of the bullpen and was the best pitcher and won the series. And not to get on topic, but Bumgarner's never been the same since. Um, the injuries. It, but he's done it twice, Bumgarner. Yeah, I, I so don't think he's ever been the same. He's going to be, you know, an At all-time Kansas great City because series. of – but he's but he's done it twice in two different postseasons. So um, Bumgarner um, did it. He's the great pitcher of our generation as far as when you look at what the postseason is. He can't hand a candle to what Kershaw has done in the regular season. What Kershaw inning, needs this moment. What inning do you have Kershaw up and starting it, to warm up? It, I, no, agree I, with, I don't know. I agree with you. Honestly, I want I, you're, not getting, you're not able to I have him four warming five up in the bullpen. I have him warming up in the bullpen. Big Mike does not trust Walker. Bueller. I do not trust Walker. And this is the game seven. You're putting the rookie in game seven. Talk about throwing somebody in the fire. That is a big time situation for the kid. Um, you got to have Kershaw <laughs> up immediately. And, and as but he can't go four or five innings. He's going to have to. This is doesn't matter. All hands on deck. All He's hands on deck. To. He's the first guy out of the bullpen, if you ask me. Unless there's runners on. You can't cover the middle on, of an inning. I agree with that. You've got to start an inning. An early lead is crucial for both teams. It really is. No, the longer that uh, this game goes tied, the um, the more of an advantage I'll give to the Brewers. Okay. A, they have the hammer. They get to bat in the bottom of the ninth. Yep. And B, they have the bullpen. Kershaw's not used to coming out of the bullpen. And if he has a bad night tonight, it's going to hurt him legacy-wise, but it's understandable. He's on short rest. He's coming out of the bullpen, something he's not used yeah, to. Yeah, but most won't understand. People hold him and expect greatness. And maybe. maybe rightfully so, but um, I think it's a little unfair, especially in this situation. But if he comes out and pitches well, you better appreciate But that. how in the world can you even predict this stuff? Because in the end, how many people, and we'll get to it in a second, would have bet, other than trying to win a big plus money bet, would have ever bet David Price beating Justin Verlander in the playoffs. I'll tell you, you just bet, can't bet baseball. I'll tell you who bet, you who bet the Verlander Astros. Exactly. Everybody, 90% of the public were on Verlander and the Astros. That, I mean, if we first of all, just to talk about the Brewer bullpen, Jeffries will be available tonight. He only threw 13 pitches. Nebel, 25. You have to think all hands on deck. Maybe you can get an inning out of him. And Burns at 24, you, I doubt you'd see him. And if you want to talk about uh, bulletin board material, that's what the Houston Astros gave the Boston Red Sox. If you don't think that team looked at what Bregman posted on Instagram about what's his name, Avaldi uh, striking people out and giving up home runs or whatever, you're out of your mind. And that's what you saw. Price on the bench yelling at Bregman. That was bulletin board material. That was riding the momentum as well. Yeah, just like Aaron Judge playing New York, New York at the it's, locker It's room. momentum. Uh, hopefully the winner of this National League uh, Game 7 does not do anything to fuel the Red Sox. And it's funny, too, because baseball is not exactly the sport where you need to have, like, that extra intensity to win. You're not, it's not football. We can go out and hit somebody <laughs> harder. We can go out there and play a little bit more tough or do anything in the trenches. Um, baseball is a pitch-to-ditch thing in the, world, in, the, in the postseason, so it is interesting that – the locker room potter has gotten so much because really, what are you going to do? Throw more curveballs, you know, throw a better fastball, take more pitches. Yeah. You know, situational hitting. It's just, it's weird, but it seems to have come true in each series. I agree. Especially with the Red Sox, the Red Sox seem to be feeding off of this. And if we want to turn the page to the American league, um, there's never been a team that's been more disrespected. That's had a great regular season in my life than the Red Sox. I agree. I picked you. against them and with the Yankees, you picked against them with the Yankees. Mike, your pick doesn't count just because you're a Red Sox fan, <laughs> but, but I'm serious. Like if you want a Red Sox fan, 
you know, maybe you do pick the Yankees because everybody was on the Yankees. That I'm wasn't a, a fan. fan. He's an anti-Yankee fan. Well, you also you, you don't count because you're a Yankee fan too. But there's they so many people out there, games and they, they get picked no to lose respect. everything. Yes. They got picked to lose to the Yankees. They got picked to lose to the Astros. Yes. They've lost two playoff games on their way to the World Series already, and here they are waiting out a Game Seven where now they don't have to worry about Clayton Kershaw. One hundred eight games, one or two. And it Sale, Sale hasn't even pitched yet. Look at that. Sale was in the hospital. Look at that bullpen and tell me they should have 108 wins. Well, they should. They have the best lineup in baseball. Their manager pushes all the right buttons. David Price had a great regular season. A great I'm regular season. Postseason numbers. Why would I anybody know. bet on them when he's their number two pitcher? I know, but why would you bet against a 108 win team? And, and I, stu- paper, I stupidly did. On paper, I they do them. not match up to that 108 win. And I, the 108 wins were clear in the postseason, but God damn it, they found a way to win the series. And what do I do and, now? And they had a loss on the road in the postseason. Mike, Mike, what do I do now? If Los Angeles wins tonight, I've been on them all year. I've said they're going to win all year long, and I'm sitting here preaching about how stupid you have to be to bet against a 108-win team, but how do I bet against the Dodgers if they win tonight? You, I'll tell you right now, if it's the Brewers, there's no chance I'm betting the Brewers in the World Series. You have to think the Red Sox are the favorites against either team. They are. They have to be. And they should be. And they and they should win it going away. That's how their season's been. So now that the MLB All-Star game doesn't determine home field, it goes to the better record? That would be correct. So the Red Sox will have the home field. No, they're waiting. They're waiting. That they're they're getting uh, their arms rested. It does every other year like it used to when the Yankees got robbed against the D-backs in 01. No, oh, they got robbed right. because uh, their their great closer blew a World Series for them. Let's not go there. They blew a World Series. But Maybe you ranted about something in the chat that I'd like you to rant about right now. And uh, if you don't, I will. The start times for these MLB games has just been absolutely ridiculous. Even the run times, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Even the run times. Like, I was complaining that night. It was, what, it was game four? Yeah, yep. it was game 13 four. innings. That didn't even go in extra innings, and it was a five-hour game. They had 12 pitchers, and the MLB made such a big stink this year about shortening the game, and uh, you got to stay in the box. You got to limit the, the mound visits. But <laughs> the game is moving to the direction of the bullpen. We're seeing 12 pitchers in that game. And obviously, that's going to take so much time. It went five hours and didn't even go on extra innings. I thought you were complaining was, about the one that went 13 innings that ended at 3 a.m. I oh, that well, was, that's, uh, yeah, that's a West Coast thing, That's too, just but, great baseball. I mean, that's a great baseball game. No, the only reason I have a problem starting, with it is if you have a child. You're starting that second game after the first game, TBA. It's ridiculous. That game isn't but, ending but until... But it's fair to start the L.A. Times at, like, 3 when people... So it's really, like, what, 12 o'clock there, and then people have work. That's not fair to the people. It's horrible. It. It's just they're doing a poor job There's nothing it. they can really do about it. I'm okay with the games going late, but I'm just saying with the way MLB wants to change their game, it pisses me off that... The games are going that late, and they're, you know, not the way they wanted it to go. But it's no different than any other sport. And Every other sport does it. The NBA Finals started at 8.30. Like I told the, you guys, the Stanley Cup playoffs no game started going five hours, though. My favorite thing about baseball hockey game's is not going five hours. Overtime games. It's not a time sport. But overtime games, part. Mike, they end the same time in the NHL. You get two, a double overtime game. Yeah, now, but now you're asking for double overtime. Okay, but that's the same as 13 innings, right? Isn't that as equivalent to a 13-inning baseball game, a double overtime hockey game? Of course it's going to go late. And you got to sit there, and that's where it's so intense. And it's so much fun to watch. Now, the problem I would have is if I wanted Mikey, if I was you and I wanted Mikey to watch a baseball game, right. or Mikey was into the Mets all year and this was the Mets, and now you got to keep Mikey up on a school night. There's no way you could do it. Now he has to miss the playoff game. That's the biggest argument I would have. You want to get kids involved, and you want kids to grow your sport. That's completely the best argument you can have is I can't have my – three-year-old, my five-year-old, my 10-year-old even stay up till two in the morning on a school night to watch a playoff game when they've invested their whole season in watching their favorite team play. Now they can't. That's the argument you make. But for adults, honestly, uh, who cares? 
Who cares? You got to get up early the next morning. Whatever. Take a nap. I get it for kids, though. I would get it if, if it was for your son or something. I think it's ridiculous. Tonight's game starting at 8 o'clock. Last night was 8.40. Last night was even that. worse. I would have it starting at 7. Over under midnight. Oh, it's all. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, but it's a game seven. And, and if you care, you're watching it anyway, just like you would with the Stanley I Cup will playoffs. be watching it anyway, but I'm just telling you, I think it's ridiculous. And the reason that they have that first game starting at that time is they want, uh, you know, to lead you into that prime time TBS. It's, it's horrible. But it's so and it's stupid. also on a, when you have a West, you know, the West Coast you know, market involved, they're getting no rating points in a game that starts at three or four o'clock. If I lived out there, I'd be furious, too. And the Brewers have been disrespected all season long with the spreads on this one. They are underdogs. Well, they're, they're underdog even picks tonight, but the Dodgers are still favored at minus 110. The Brewers win the series when they were down 3-2 coming back home was plus three and changed, like at wow. 350. So, so they thought it was over there. last night. Yeah, they were, they were expecting the Dodgers to finish it last night with Ryu. It was not the case. Uh, but Vegas still not giving the Brewers any love, even though they've never lost in Miller Park in the postseason. Wow. Um yeah, and I'm still – I mean, we're going to give our picks. I'm still on the Dodgers. I've been on them all year. I'm going with their more experienced team. They got the better all-around team, if you ask me. But the longer this game goes into the bullpens, uh, as a guy that's rooting for and, and betting Dodgers, uh, I'd be very, very worried. And I've been on the Brewers since, uh, you know, this momentum started been on in September. Since, like, June. Yeah. June, July, when they started to really – you know, because we talked about it. I was worried that this would be like last season where they would have that great first half and then Chicago would, you know, take their rightful place in the Central mm-hmm. and that never happened. I will stay with the Brewers' momentum. And as much as I want the Dodgers to win because I think they have a better chance of beating those assholes that won the American League, you mean I, I'm going to go with the Brewers to win this game because, I mean, that there's been home magic over there and they've been doubted before, so... Why any different tonight? And MLB is rooting like hell for a Los Angeles-Boston World Series. So um, if you work in the MLB, if you care about ratings, if you work for, well, I guess it's on Fox, the World Series. So uh, if you're a Fox guy, LA-Boston. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you, it's not really for Big Mike doesn't want those late West Coast starts. It's happening anyway. Every game is 8 o'clock. Every game in the World Series is 8 o'clock, no matter whether it's uh, in L.A. So or quick, in Milwaukee. Just uh, give me standing room only tonight on StubHub. Give me a guess at a ticket price. Of Milwaukee standing room. Right, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Standing room. Uh, so what do you think it would be in New York? Biggest game in or New York. Boston. It'd be 400 bucks standing, standing room. Standing room only. All right, so give me your I was going to say 200 for Milwaukee. Uh, I, was, I would say for Milwaukee, because Mike's saying it, I'm guessing it's a bigger number than just a boring number like 200 <laughs> maybe, which is like, okay, you get it. I'll guess 350. 136 gets you in the door, standing room only. That's cheap. Gotta love Wisconsin. And to sit, uh, the cheapest sitting ticket, 155. You would never find that price for Yankees. No, you don't find that price. Red Sox. You you can't find that price for um, an upper deck giant game in the one and five season. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, except for that Thursday night football and bad weather. But but next week, if if you know, you're not finding that for a Giants game when they play the Redskins next week. So uh, to live in and be a fan in Milwaukee. a lot cheaper and Get no excuse. Yep. No excuse. Biggest and game um, most people have ever seen for that franchise. Absolutely. Both lot, of these teams, by the way. Both of these cities were once the cities of the Braves. <coughs> the Milwaukee Braves and the Boston Braves. Uh, they can the win the Braves. And the Atlanta Braves, <laughs> the one team that have the Braves, don't make it. No, I always find a way to make Matt Barzell into something, but uh, it's just something I think about. He's been good with that for a while. Well, he's, yeah, and he's been good that. this year. He's been good. But you got to stay away from it. And that's just not the story right now in sports. It's not. And you know what? Hockey isn't either right now. There's just so much going on when you got the World Series. you got the NFL. Get week seven underway with a crazy, crappy game on Thursday night. Um, and now we get underway tomorrow with, with the big slate and the NFL. So let's turn the page there. Um, Thursday night, what can you say? Uh, the Cardinals and their rookie quarterback, uh, 
You can't leave him in that whole game against that Broncos defense. He got hit so many times in the fourth quarter. Um, I just thought it was a bad job um, to, to keep him in that whole game. You got to basically call mercy and bring in Sam Bradford at least to finish up that game. Well, Bradford was inactive, wasn't he? Uh, I don't care who. It could have been you. Bradford you, you can't let Rosen play the whole game. You can't do that to the kid as well, though. This is a guy that invested the first-round pick, and you can't bench him for anybody other than Bradford. Well, he got hurt. Now he's getting hurt with two minutes left in the game. Yeah, he's he down by 40 points. Yeah. And he, got, he, you know, he, he didn't look good at all in that game. The Broncos defense. And they gave him no there. chance. The whole offense doesn't look good, and that's why they fired offensive coordinator Mike McCoy. Uh, yeah, Mike McCoy. But now it's going to be Byron Leftwich. So now you're asking Ellis and Leftwich played the game. He's been a, a quarterback coach and a, you know an offense coach, as they like to call it. But now it's his job to come up with the plays, the play calling. You have to find a way to get David Johnson going, who's been a first-round bust mm-hmm. uh, in fantasy football. And also in real life, they just keep sending him up the middle into eight-man boxes. And against Denver, that's just not going to work out either. So um, that's got to be priority number one, is figure out how to get uh, Johnson going, figure out how to get Fitzgerald back in there, and figure out a way to block for this kid so he doesn't turn into, uh, you know, Derek Carr. Larry Fitzgerald owners and David Johnson owners just not having a good year. The Cardinals were not the stock to invest in this offseason uh, for your fantasy dress, but uh, they're going to have a top three pick. They're just not good. And the Broncos, who have been abysmal on the road, come in there and they completely blow up the Cardinals. That says everything you need to know about the Arizona Cardinals and where they're going this season. And with more and more drama happening around Odell Beckham Jr. and the Giants, you watch a game on that Thursday night in a game that the Cardinals are embarrassed, and you watch how professional and how awesome of a person, a teammate, and a player Larry Fitzgerald has been his entire career. And you look at that with a little bit of jealousy as a Giants fan because Fitz is an all-time great receiver, and he's an even better guy, a better teammate, a better citizen in America, to the country, and to the fans. <clears throat> and you sit there and you just wish that Odell Beckham would look up to a guy like him instead of doing these I, stupid interviews. I don't even hold him to that kind of standard. Larry Fitzgerald sets the bar. But I'm saying, you look at that. He's the bar. He's the bar. He does everything right and everything you can ask for. Right, and then you got the to, exact opposite. I don't need Odell, Odell to be that great. <laughs> right, but, but just shut up. But you wish that Odell could, could look at that and want to emulate even a portion of that. You don't have of to course. get up that high. Of course. But you look at that with such jealousy. Imagine if at the end of Odell's career, he's on the one in six Cardinals with a rookie quarterback and absolute no prospects of going anywhere in any foreseeable future. And he's out there. He's playing his butt off. He's not talking trash. He's being a good teammate, throwing the ball all over the field, throwing picks, getting sacked, fumbling the ball. He's patting his butt on the sideline, keeping his head up, talking to him like a great teammate. And he got Odell Beckham, one incomplete pass. And he's smashing his head on a fan. He's getting – he doesn't like water now. That's the new that's, thing. Yeah, he doesn't like water. One. That's ridiculous. But but you watch that and you just have jealousy, and it just gives you even more respect for Larry Fitzgerald. And I'm Fitzgerald. sure if you went to Larry Fitzgerald and asked, are you happy in Arizona, he wouldn't pause for 10 seconds and say that's a tough question. Oh, he would say he loves it there. His and he's played there, with some friends, real crappy quarterbacks. Yep. He's played with one great quarterback in his career. By the way, a former Giant quarterback who had his one down year with the Giants, it seems. Um but he's played with one great quarterback who he sacked on TV the other day. Yeah, it's hilarious. And uh, he's played with crap the rest That'd of his career. Made it work. He went under the knees on that high <laughs> Too low on the quarterback. Either way, it, 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 you just get a little bit uh, jealous and a lot of respect for him. And you watch him and what he's going through. And, and it actually, and I hate to say it, it reminds me a little bit of Henrik Lundqvist. He's never <laughs> won his ring. But I guarantee you right now, if the Cardinals said, hey, do you want us to trade you and try to get you a ring? He'd say, no, I want to go down with this ship or I don't want to go down at all. And he would just stay loyal. He's been Definitely. loyal the he's, whole time. And, 100% and he's way. a Cardinal. He, he's, he's a guy that's going to stay his whole career at the team and be loyal. 
And me, I can appreciate that. And that affects his career numbers. Think about how many tank seasons he's had yeah. with, with so many different terrible quarterbacks over there. This guy could have been an all-time great right up there in his career number list. He, he is already. Cared. Yeah, he is, despite the fact. That's what I'm saying. He'd be right up there with, like, Jerry Rice, which is numbers no one would ever think would ever be touched again. And he could have been that. He was that good, is what I was saying. And uh, he's just very loyal to the team that drafted Without him. looking, where you guys have him on the uh, – think he is on the all-time career leaders for reception I list. think he's top five already, right? Yeah, I, I would go four. He's number three. He's number three. Um, and I think that he can catch Tony Gonzalez for number two if he plays next year as well. He's uh, what is it, sixty-five away from catching Tony Gonzalez. I don't think he gets that in the next ten weeks. And he probably plays next year. Um, probably, but he's up there. He's third overall, and that's to me. Uh, this guy's just—he's everything you ever want out of a superstar, of out of a great player, as a guy that um, represents your team and your community. Uh, but he's also on a one at six team, a team that might be fighting with the Giants for the first overall pick once the season ends at the end of uh, December. Uh, but let's move on till tomorrow. And tomorrow morning, we're back in Wembley Stadium in London. Uh, this time, the traditional 930 game, as opposed to last week, was a 1 p.m. game at Wembley. So while we're at softball, we have to check all our phones the whole game and see what Melvin Gordon's doing because it's the Titans and the Chargers. The Chargers, six and a half point favorites, uh, but they have a six hour farther flight than the Titans did to get there. Does that affect them at all? It might, and that's why I'd be a little weary of the first half, but I do like the Chargers to figure it out because they've been playing some excellent football. They've been getting back to that uh, Charger football we thought we were going to be seeing this year. Once again, I don't think Bosa is playing, and he's obviously a tremendous loss, but the defense is starting to come around without him, so God knows when they get him back what a force they're going to be. But the Tennessee Titans, they flat out suck, if you ask me. There's no consistency in there. Me and Mike were talking on Monday about – or Rob, I'm sorry, about how bad the uh, the running backs were over there and, and what expectations we had. The Titans, they just don't do it for me on any part of the ball. I thought their defense was going to be in the year. Their games won were ugly. Every game is ugly with the Tennessee Titans. The Chargers have figured it out. I'm not worried about that uh, flight except for the first half. Give me the Chargers. Yeah, I I would love the Chargers if this was being played anywhere else, even Tennessee. But those games out there, there's just they're always weird scores and um, weird finishes. The Titans' defense is very good. The offense is what is horrific. Um, I think the Chargers do win, but it wouldn't shock me if the Titans cover. So I will take the Titans and the points. I'm all over the Chargers. I feel like they found their game the last few weeks. They had a couple of rough losses to some good teams to start the year, uh, but now they're at four and two. It seems like they're on all cylinders. Melvin Gordon, um, if it wasn't for Todd Gurley's greatness, he'd be the best running back in football so far, the top point getter. In fantasy, if it wasn't for um, Gurley, it's funny. The top two running backs both call the same place home in L.A. this year. Um, I like them. I am not worried. Maybe, like Vinny said, maybe in the first half a little bit. But um, the Titans are just so bad. I had their kicker last year. He didn't even get a point last week. He didn't even get a point. Are we going to be able to watch this game? Is it going to be televised? It's going to be on uh, Yahoo, isn't it, or NFL? um, Isn't this always on Yahoo? You can't watch it on TV. Right. So it's not televised. I think it's Yahoo. I don't know. What I hate about some of them are games. some of them are televised. There's nothing I would like more than watching it. Yeah, if you're a local. No, when we it. were in Minnesota, remember it was the Jaguars yes, playing that, that was morning. On TV. And that's when you and Brandon, yeah, that's, that's you fair. and Brandon, got your first uh, look at how mad I get at people not getting catches in the first half. Uh, when Allen Robinson had a terrible first half that day, and I was freaking out. Um, but yeah, that game was on TV, so I think some are televised and some are Yahoo would, only, stream only. I would wake my Twitter video. I wake my hungover ass in the morning to watch it on my television, but not to watch it on my phone or computer. Yeah, I would watch it anywhere. And I'd much rather watch a football game than a a 14 hours of pre-show that they do before the game. Well, they pay a lot of money. It is not on NFL Network. 
Okay, so there you go. So you got to stream it. You know, it was also last year they were on Twitter as well. They were on Twitter as well. If you watch them on Twitter, but anyway, uh, we all have the we all have the charges. But Mike, you have the Titans covering. I have the Titans covering. Yeah. All right, let's go to one p.m. Where uh, I wish I could watch this game with both of you guys. It's (laughs) Trubisky versus Brady. Uh, the goat versus Tom Brady, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's keep calling him the goat a little bit more. But anyway, uh, it's uh, New England and Chicago, and the Pats are only three point favorites. Honestly, to me, that's a little bit weird. I would think they'd get more, but uh, mm-hmm. give more. But uh, your thoughts on this game? Uh, you don't pick against Tom Brady, and you don't pick against Trubisky. So I guess he, you're just not picking this game. This is how I'm going to do this, Rob. This is a nice uh, mutual respect for both. <laughs> uh, the spread is fishy, obviously. You know, the public's going to be all over the Pats. I'm going to give the Pats a one-point victory over the Bears, where the Bears cover. You're playing both sides. And the Pats win. That's the best way I could do it for my two boys, Tommy and Mitch. As Mike Francesa would say, that's the P-way out of it. However, unbiased, I think Mitchell Trubisky should be fired up in DraftKings. Uh, He has nine touchdowns the last two weeks. He's going against a future New England defense and their home in Chicago field. Uh, he's Dude, only at 700 value, so I think he's a guy you might want to buy higher up in daily fantasy. I would not touch him in daily fantasy. Go ahead, Mike. I think you saw the Bears' defense have a ton of holes last week against Miami. They just looked like they couldn't tackle, and I don't know if it was because they were playing in 100-degree weather and, you know, coming off a bye and now playing there. Who knows? But uh, if my, if Brock Osweiler can find those holes, you better bet that Tom Brady is going to find those holes, and they will cover the three points. I have the Patriots by 10. Of the Patriots, too. Um, Trubisky's stats are skewed because he got to play a game against the Tampa Bay Bucks, And I think we all can even throw a touchdown against that Buccaneers defense right now. So, nothing against Trubisky. I think you uh, overrate him just a little bit. I'm not buying into it. But why is the Patriots defense any good? It's not. It's horrible. It's not, but it's not Tampa Bay Buccaneers bad. It's close. But it's, it's it might close. Be. It might be. They're definitely a bottom five defense to pass. Trubisky's going to put know. up numbers. How many years in a row? But how many years in a row is the Patriots defense going to get up to a putrid start only to find their way midway through the year? And I don't want to hear that it was Matt Patricia. There's no bigger defensive genius in figuring shit oh, out than Bill Belichick. Right. Maybe it's not this week that he figures it out. Maybe this isn't that line of demarcation where they figure it out. But they're going to figure it out. They always freaking do. So, eventually it's going to happen. Could Trubisky go out there and throw for 260, 270, and two touchdowns? Of course he could. 350 and three? Yes, Maybe. No. And, and if he does, <laughs> and if he throws for 350 and three, then then you're right. That's a great trade, and you're probably going to play some money because of the value you get with him. He's my DraftKings guy, but like I said before, I'm not betting this game. I got too much love for the quarterbacks. Um, and, and, and look at Belichick against young quarterbacks, guys. That's just, true. That's all you have to remember. That's true, but Trubisky's got 16 games under his belt now. Yeah. He's still pretty young to me. You got to get to 32 before you're not a young quarterback. Nagy will blow this game. He'll get out coached by Belichick. Patriots win, Patriots. <laughs> Patriots cover. That's my pick. Bills and Colts. This should be a uh, barn burner. Um, unless uh, you're an Andrew Luck guy or I don't know who else in fantasy you could have in this game. I really don't. T.Y. will be back, I think, right? Um, will he? It's still uh, okay. Uh, maybe. Uh, I guess. We haven't seen him. I guess Eric Ebron's a must-start tight end if you own him. He's been all year. And LaShawn McCoy. Shady's getting get, so Shawn many touches the, get the past touches, few weeks. But, yep. uh, this isn't the Shady McCoy we, we've grown uh, to hate. But anyway, uh, the Colts are one and five, and they're seven and a half point favorites at home. I don't get that as much as I love the Colts. Who's starting for the Bills? It's uh, it's not Derek Peterman, Anderson, but it's not Peterman. This is a guy who's been there for 
10 days. And they already think he's better than Peterman. <laughs> and they're already throwing it because he is. Everyone's better. This is the same coach Robbie that last year, thought, last year the same coach thought Peterman was, you know, a better starter than Terod Taylor. Uh, and now Derek Anderson doesn't know a thing about the offense. Wasn't there a report that said that the Bills were going to, there was going to be a riot in the locker room if Nate Peterman got the start? There should be. They should there just should cut be. the guy. There should be a riot just seeing him in the locker there room. There should be a riot <laughs> in Vegas because of the amount of money that bookies in the sports books would lose if Nate Peterman started. Peterman it's, a, against it's a lot of points for the Colts to be giving because they're a one-win team. <laughs> but Derek Anderson does not have a lot of experience here. And the Colts' defense, as much as I said they were good in the beginning of the year, weren't all that good these last couple of weeks now. But I think they get it done at home. I think the, that Andrew Luck just put up more points with T.Y. Hilton than uh, Derek Anderson in his 10th day back with, the, with his team can. So I'm going with the Colts. But seven and a half, that's a big thing. Give me the Bills for a backdoor cover. Uh, hell is not freezing over here, but I am taking Andrew Luck and the Colts in a blowout. <laughs> uh, again, this is Derek Anderson at quarterback. This is a Colts team that has put up points, uh, granted in garbage time, but they have put up points. It's an underrated defense. The Bills will not be able to score with them with Derek Anderson at quarterback. So I'll take the Colts to cover. Uh, seven and a half is fine. It's one of my rules internally that, you know, one in five team getting seven and a half. That's just, how do you bet it? But you know what? Marlon Mack looked good last week against the Jets when he got the ball. Believe it or not, he looked good. He was getting like five, six yards of carry. Um, if they do get T.Y. back and they do have those guys there, um, I'm a big luck guy. I don't think he's going to put up a 40-point fantasy effort this week like he has been because he's not going to be trailing and chasing points all game. Uh, but he will be home. There won't be any conditions. The Bills have played teams a lot tougher than you think, so this might be a little bit closer. But I think in the end that the Colts can find a way to cover that spread. But I don't think that it's going to be – uh, that huge Andrew Luck week that he's been having lately. But um, I'm going to go with the Colts. I'm going to go with them all year. But I, um, How many pass attempts for Luck? Uh, under 40. over, I was going to say, I would say under 35. Wow, that would be a first of the year. Yeah, sure he's thrown 40 every single game. I yeah, think he's still but they've been 40. losing every single game too. Not so assuming that maybe they would have a lead against the Bills um, and Marlon Mack is back a little bit, maybe he doesn't have to throw the ball as much to keep in the game. You know, that those fourth quarter passes – that give him such great fantasy value, they might have to be there against. I pencil luck in. I pencil oh, him in for at least forty. Oh, I pen him into my lineup every week because he's that damn good. Lions and Dolphins in Miami. The Dolphins coming off of an emotional victory last week against the Bears. We just talked about. Um, it's the Dolphins um, three point underdogs at home versus Detroit. Yeah, and listen, Brock Osweiler fooled me once, fine, but you know it's not going to happen again. This guy is not winning again. I have the Detroit Lions laying three. That's fine. There's no way Brock Osweiler gets this offense going again. There is now film on the Brockweiler, so it's not going to happen. I love the Lions in this game. I know the Lions tend to beat themselves, so they're never confident in betting them ever. But Brock Osweiler, I agree with Mike. Pull me once. Uh, listen, my freaks on Monday night with you, Rob, those touchdowns were long, all made by the receivers. They were 10-yard passes that the receivers ended up making moves and busting them out for long touchdowns. It's not going to happen again. The luck runs out for Osweiler. The Lions win this one. And I'm on the Dolphins. I think that they're 3-0 at home. The Bears haven't won. I mean, the Bears. The Lions haven't won on the road. They've always been a different team on the road. They're still the Lions. Um, I'm sorry, Matt Stafford, outdoors, different conditions. He's just not the same quarterback. Um, they have a decent running game in Miami. They have a pretty decent defense this year. They're 4-2. and two. Um, And it's not because of Ryan Tannehill. Okay, Ryan Tannehill, who I actually think is underrated anyway. I think he's done with the Dolphins. Yeah, I think they're, I think they're done with him. I think they are so <laughs> I think frustrated they are with, done him. with him. I, think done, I right. agree. But they're 4-2 and two despite that. <laughs> uh, yes, one of the wins was Osweiler. 
Um, but I like the Dolphins this week. I think that uh, Brock doesn't have to be great to beat the, the Lions tomorrow in Miami, and they can move to 5-2 and two, um, and put a little bit more fake pressure on the Patriots in the AFC East. And, yes, it's fake because you know it won't last. Um, in New York, a team that has a chance to go over 500 that you didn't see coming, um, that's the Jets. They take on the Vikings, who have been uh, average at best this year as far as win-loss, although their passing game has been insane with Cousins and Thielen and Diggs. Um, but the Jets are very beat up this week, and because of that, they're three-and-a-half-point dogs at home tomorrow. And uh, I'll take the Vikings here. Listen, I don't think that defense is good. I actually love the over of 46. I think both teams will get theirs. But uh, Jets have won, what, two in a row now? Vikings starting to find it. They established a run game last week, finally, with Latavius Murray. That's huge. Uh, you have the two best receivers in, uh, you know, duo in, in football with Thielen and Diggs, a tight end that's hard to block. Absolutely love the Vikings here. No bust the screen tomorrow, right? Uh, you're missing your slot corner. Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine, yeah, I love the Vikings here to put up a ton of points to get the win. As the weeks go on, you just have to figure Darnold's only going to get better and better. Uh, three and a half point spread. I don't like it. For some reason, I see the Jets covering this game, but there's no way I can't see Minnesota going in there not coming out with a win. Um, I think it's going to be Matt who makes less errors, and I'm going to trust uh, Kirk Cousins, so I actually hate to make less errors than uh, – Sam Darnold. I'm going to go with the Vikings win, but the Jets with the cover at home. And I love Kirk Cousins in daily fantasy, pairing him up with Thielen right now. You have to. He's had 100 yards in every game this year. Cousins' numbers are great. Cousins up there as a top five fantasy quarterback this year. And in FanDuel, at least, I don't know about DraftKings, but he's not um, the price of the Breeze, the Brady, the Rodgers. So it's a little bit of value there when you compare him with Thielen. Um, and I love that against a very beat-up, like you said, Mike, Jets secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a game where I think they will have to score some points to win, they'll still be able to throw the ball in the fourth quarter because I think the Jets can find a way to keep in the game. But in the end, I think the Vikings are just going to be too much. Um, this isn't the Vikings team I thought they were when they got blown out by uh, the Bills at home. So the Vikings on the road scare me a little bit, so I can understand your trepidation with the line. But I'm going to trust them. I'm going to trust Cousins. I'm going to trust Thielen. I'm going to trust the healthier team to get the job done and cover against the Jets. So I'm going Vikings. No well Dalvin there. Cook again. And, 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 you know, bus he hasn't played. and they're starting to get angry with him, too. You, you heard about a lot of people talking about Tannehill and the anger that they have. Well, you heard some reports this week for the first time that guys inside of Minnesota are starting to get mad at Dalvin Cook, that it's a muscle pull, it's a muscle stick. It's not the knee anymore. Because he won't play like he's 100%. He's um, like, I'm 80% right but now, I think it's and, not, and he's not playing. I don't, I don't know if it's really fair. You know, it's still the beginning of the season. He is the one guy that's always played through everything. He's the one guy that played in the senior bowl, you know, when he was coming out of his draft class. Um, and he's always had that, like, negative st- – that's why he dropped in the second round. This guy was a first-round talent that dropped to the Vikings. He was actually my favorite out of all those backs. Was that and people, you know, shit on him going into that draft. And I really think his draft stock fell, and now it's – so maybe there's something behind the scenes with his attitude. But, you know, the guy seems to be a baller, and I think that by the end of the year, he'll be better off for waiting until he's 100%. Because his Vikings team, I know they have the loss against the Bills, and they have a tie, but they're still going to be a playoff contender. Right. Probably a playoff team, and 100% Cook helps you. Cook warmed up last week like he was going to play, and then right before game time they had said no. But he was out there trying to warm up and see what happened. Um, I don't know when their bye is, but you'd have to think that he's out this week. I wouldn't expect him back next week either. Um, probably, and Latavius Murray made it an easy decision because he played so well last week for the first time. So that game's on in New York. Lucky us, we get to watch another Jets game. Um, Panthers and Eagles, though, that should actually be a good NFC tilt. Um, two teams that really need the win because they're hovering around 500 and Matt, uh, meeting up in Philly. What's up, Mike? Rob, uh, so it's Jets, then it's Saints-Detroit by 
would it, it really wouldn't shock you if they sat him until the bye. That means he's missing the next four weeks in fantasy. It really wouldn't shock me. Because then you have Chicago, Green Bay, New England, which is three tough games. It wouldn't shock me at all, especially if they keep Who do they face in uh, week 13? I'm um, oh, sorry, uh, four, uh, 14, 15, and 16. Uh, you have um, the Jets. Then you have uh, the Saints, Detroit, bye. Then you come out of the bye at Chicago, at Chicago, which is tough to play. Green Bay, at New England, at Seattle, and then Miami, Detroit. New England, Seattle, Miami are the three fantasy football playoff teams? Yeah. New England, Seattle, Miami. All right, they're not bad matchups. So if you're holding on to them, at least you're holding on to them for some decent matchups. But uh, they could be, it could you're be a lot better. You're looking at a colossal bust. You know, you're looking at a guy that you, if you, you have a guy in the league that, uh, you know, if you started the season five and one or six and zero oh or something like that, and you want to buy low on a guy and stash him for the playoffs, I get it. If you're a team that's maybe you know three and three, two and four, you got to get rid of him because you got to make the playoffs now. Maybe that's a good trade. Uh, you can get rid of him to a guy that can stash him that you know is going to make the playoffs. He's a better buy low than Fournette after yesterday. I give you that. Yeah, so let's go to uh, Philadelphia. We start talking about them. The Eagles five point favorites. They've had about that. They've had that half buy after uh, that debacle against the Giants in New Jersey. Uh, that game uh, tomorrow at one o'clock as they take on the Panthers in Philly. And I'll take Cam in the points here. Five points. I see it being more of a field goal game. Wentz still isn't 100%. That Eagles team is not that good. The Panthers aren't even that good. I just think you, I think you'll see a close game, a competitive game, five points. Uh, you know, I would even love teasing this up, actually. Yeah. I'll take the Panthers, uh, getting the five. This is definitely a tease up for sure. Get them at a uh, two-possession game spread over there. Uh, Panthers, two losses. They both came on the road. They both by seven points, but we all know. They really got their ass kicked by the Redskins. They didn't really lose by seven points last week to them. But uh, following a loss, I think they rebound. I also really don't think the Eagles are good, despite getting the extra uh, extra days to prepare out there Thursday night football game. And, and they're at home. I just don't buy into this team. I think the Panthers' defense is decent enough where they can hold off the Philly offense, which really doesn't do it for me. And I'm uh, taking the Panthers to cover. And I, like my big Mike just said, tease them up. I love them. They'll cover that tease for sure if they don't cover that four and a half, five, whatever it's going for now. And I like the Eagles, and I like them to cover. I don't think the Panthers are very good. They should be 2-3. and three. They should have already lost to the Giants and Redskins. Both, te- both teams are uh, worse than the Eagles in that NFC East. They're going in the three-week gauntlet of the NFC East teams. And I honestly think that they, they should have lost to the Giants at home. They uh, went out to Washington and got killed. Uh, the Eagles had the extra time to prepare. The Eagles are the champs. The Eagles' defense is better than the Giants, better than the Redskins. Um, I think that they can get the job done. I have no problem with them covering. Um, I understand your tease. Maybe in a tease, it's a good bet. Uh, but with the five points, I'll give them right away. I'll take the Eagles. I probably will take them. We'll pick two and we'll make them tomorrow morning. So I'm all over the Eagles in that one. Um, Browns and Bucks meeting tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be the beginning of the Nick Chubb show in uh, Cleveland and Tampa Bay. Three and a half point favorites at home as they look to uh, even their record at three and three um, against the uh, Cleveland Browns, who I've yet to be able to fully figure out. I don't know if they're ready to take that next step. But uh, sometimes they look great and sometimes they look like trash. Uh, and I'll take the bucks here. Listen, I don't, I think Nick Chubb the rest of the season is a top 12 running back. I said it on uh, Twitter. I have no problem saying that I am so confident in this kid. He looks awesome. However, I think tomorrow is a Duke Johnson game. That would be the running back. I would start in uh, daily fantasy. I don't know what his price is. That's the one. If I own both that I'm starting in a full PPR I think they're going to be trailing. I think they're going to be forced to throw. And you don't know how many first-team reps Chubb even got this week. Duke Johnson has been there. He knows the playbook. I think Duke Johnson is the play tomorrow out of the two backs. Uh, with that being said, I am taking the Bucks to lay the three-and-a-half here. 
I don't like the Browns on the road. Mike, real quick, Jag on uh, Facebook wants to know, Mixon or Keenan at flex? Who? Keenan, uh, probably uh, Keenan Allen. Oh, or, it's, it's Keenan Allen. If, or if Joe Mixon. No, it's Keenan Allen. 100% Keenan Allen. Go ahead, Finn. All right, Nick Chubb's DraftKings price is $3,600. you got to think people are jumping on that because you can really stack your lineup against a starting running back at a price that low. Obviously, the trade coming after they put up the prices. So, I mean, uh, people are definitely going to be hoping you're wrong about Duke Johnson and Nick Chubb's game tomorrow. This is going to be a high-scoring game because uh, the Browns, their defense is good but not on the road. And Tampa Bay, we all know their story with their defense. So, I love the over in this game. I expect a lot of points. Maybe even a Baker Mayfield fire up or a Jarvis Landry I expect to break out. Do their damage against a weak buck secondary. And um, I'm going to take the Browns to cover because they've been in so many close games. Just give me the points. This is Jarvis Landry's week to finally break out. His owners have been waiting for him all year long. Um, if you want a good DFS value, maybe it's even Baker Mayfield because I have no problem running about any single quarterback in the league out there against the Bucks defense. I know they're coming <laughs> off of a bye after the Trubisky disaster so. They may get up to a pretty decent start defensively. I could see them being a little bit fired up. Dominance. Uh, the dominance, you call what you want. Six touchdowns, you can call anything you want. I can't argue it um, there as well. But um, I still think that the, the Buccaneers with, you know, their players that they have on offense, um, that's what you think the Browns are going to be in a couple of years once they get Chubb up there. And, and you hope that Baker Mayfield can do that. I think Mayfield's going to be better than Jameis Winston, right? I do. Too. Winston, I, I think Winston sucks. Winston found a way to throw for almost 400 yards last week against the uh, Falcons. We'll talk about against that more. Against the Falcons. I said we'll talk about that more when we talk about the Giants-Falcons game on Monday night. Um, but if he could do it against them, he could, you know, he could put up a good fight against the Browns. But I still like the Browns in the end to cover this game. Um, I just don't like the Bucks. I think the Bucks are uh, – got a lot of firepower. They can put up a lot of points. The over could have been 56-57 instead of 51.5. I would like the over. So, uh, a lot of points in this game, a couple of DFS values. But I think the Browns can find a way – to cover. They might not win, but that extra half point that they're getting, uh, to me, is a big deal. So three and a half points, um, I'll take the points and go with the Browns. And a matchup to watch, Denzel Ward, Mike Evans should be awesome to watch all day long, because Evans' size against Denzel Ward, it, it should be, uh, you know, like, there's always boring games, like the Bills and the Colts, to me, is a boring game. You would think these two teams could be boring, but with what you're saying, with the high scoring, I agree with, and Ward, Evans, it should make for a good game. Five targets for Evans last week. Winston just doesn't throw on the ball. Nope, he loves those stupid tight ends. Once again, uh, too, some of those worst games on paper turn out to be the most exciting games to watch on TV because yeah. they're just so bad. It turns out to look like a game of Madden, yep. and this could be one of those games. Um, and you'll have to find out on the red zone because God knows, unless you look at Cleveland or Tampa Bay, that game won't be on TV anywhere. Uh, Texans and Jaguars, uh, two, three, and three teams. The Texans have done a good job fighting back after an 0-3 start. The Jags, not so much. They've been very underwhelming. Uh, we played the audio of Jalen Ramsey. Uh, does Ramsey come back this week and shut down DeAndre Hopkins and help the Jags come to a huge win? Uh, they're four-point favorites at home uh, against the up-and-coming Texans. Go ahead, Vinny. I want to find something if I can. Well, I'm not betting on Blake Bortles here. The Jaguars have looked very, very poor. They just gave up 40 points to Dallas. So, I mean, they really should come out there and do a lot of corrections. I know Watson hasn't been the greatest regular season quarterback, fantasy-wise. I'm sure he's getting his yards and all that. I like the Texans. They're three straight. They're a hot team. I like the points here. Uh, they were my pick to win this division, and I gave up on them when they were 0-3. Now it looks like they have a big shot of coming out there and winning that division again. So give me the Texans here with the points, but uh, I expect a much better effort from the Jags at home in a division game. And I can't find the stats here. I'm still looking, but DeAndre Hopkins against the Jaguars the past few years, 
His um his target rate is just through the roof. They have no problem throwing to him against a, a top corner uh, against a good defense. I love Hopkins tomorrow, believe it or not. And uh, I will take the Jaguars, though, to figure it out. I think that trade kind of sends a message to Fournette, like, you know, what's your problem? Let's go. I think they're going to become a, a much heavier run-dependent team where they were last year. Run the ball, let the defense create turnovers and win games closely, win games uh, low scoring. That's why you saw the high trade. I think the Jaguars finally figured it out tomorrow against the Texans. Yeah, that offense is built around Fournette. I don't, exactly. this year. I don't think Hyde will even be active tomorrow. He won't be. He doesn't, he doesn't fun, know the playbook. He doesn't know sure. anything. He's coming there on a Saturday after being traded on a Friday. <laughs> he won't be active. I don't know if it's as much a message to Leonard Fournette. I it's a message that maybe Fournette's not going to be fully healthy again this year, exactly. and they know that they could do something a little bit special um, with that defense that they have, and they're going to waste these years right now of that great defense because those great defenses don't last very long in the NFL. Everybody starts getting paid. Everybody starts to want to go elsewhere. Um, so I just think it's more of a we don't think he's going to be healthy. I don't think they're mad at him that he's unhealthy. I just think that they, they're not confident that he can come back and that T.J. Eldon can be that feature back in an offense with Blake Bortles. T.J. Eldon sucks. Yep, he hasn't done the job. He has, but fantasy-wise he has. Somehow, fantasy-wise he's put up some good weeks, crazy as it seems. But um, So last he, season he Hopkins, workload, you should put up the numbers. Last season Hopkins versus the, uh, against Ramsey had four catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown on 13 targets. Um, and you would take them. that for both, right? Oh yeah. No, I mean, if you're well, if you're Ramsey and you're gonna talk shit, I mean, you can't be giving up eighty and a touchdown, right? But um, four catches on thirteen, you know, that's nine incompletions on thirteen uh, attempts. It's not bad either. Rob it's Hopkins really not made bad. his daddy. Uh, I mean, four catches. You hold the guy to yards and a touchdown. If you're gonna talk that you're the best, you better be the best. Maybe I, I'd have to see the plays. Honestly, I, I couldn't tell you that I remember them. Maybe one of those he wasn't lined up on. Yeah, you just have no idea. Anyway. Um, I'm going with the Texans. I like them better. The Jaguars, to me, um, you come up the way that you played last week against Dak Prescott, the worst goddamn quarterback I've ever seen. This this side of Nate Peterman. Nate Peterman. <laughs> seriously. I mean, you, you don't count Nate Peterman as a quarterback. <laughs> Dak Prescott's the best fake good quarterback that people actually think has any talent. Bill Jerry's guy. And Cowboy fans talk about him. His stupid name, Dak. I hate him. And he went out there and he made the Jaguars – uh, defense's bitch last week with Cole Beasley. It's the first game, we're um, all on together. We're all yeah. on the Jags. Uh, oh, no, we're not. I'm on the Texans. Oh, Are you boy. kidding me? I'm saying how much and, I hate them I'm because of what they did. Are you really? Yeah. yeah. I'm the only one. That <laughs> I, we are not all You're on. You're too busy looking up Hopkins stats. <laughs> I was. But, no, I, I like the Texans. I want to get our three guys. viewers some fantasy <laughs> advice here. <laughs> anyway, that's the 1 o'clock slate. It ends there. Uh, let's go to 4 o'clock. Drew Brees coming off of a bye, taking on Elite Joe Flacco. Um Drew Brees off of a bye with all of his weapons now healthy, ready to go. But, Mike, are we scared now off of that game against Washington about Alvin Kamara's usage now that um, Ingram is back? No, we're not scared about Kamara. They're both running back ones, if you ask me. And, listen, they're not all healthy. He just lost Ted Ginn for the year. So, uh, Traquan Smith, welcome to Relevant. I think he's going to be a good pickup in fantasy or even Cameron Meredith. It's going to be one of those two that steps up. I think it's going to be Smith playing that gin job, that deep ball threat. Um, there's something about the Ravens at home, and they have a good pass D. Asking Breeze to go outdoors. Baltimore giving two and a half. It almost feels like a trap, to be honest with you. But uh, I will take the Baltimore Ravens giving two and a half. I'm only taking the Ravens because it looks exactly like a trap game right here. Everyone's going to be on the Saints, and the Saints – uh, we all talk about them on the road and everything. Um, they put up 21 points against Cleveland on the road, but everywhere else, 
They've been putting up over 30. I'm seeing big numbers here. But, again, this is against Tampa Bay. This is against Atlanta. This is against the Giants. We know those points came late against the G-Men. Um, Saints on the road. I know I understand, uh, I understand the bye week here, but it just looks like everybody's going to be betting the Saints. I'm pretty sure this is the number one offense versus defense right now. Give me the defense and give me the elite man, Joe Flacco. Uh, pretty sure Drew Brees has beaten every team he's ever faced in his career except for the Baltimore Ravens, and I do not think he gets that win and probably doesn't ever beat the Ravens in his career after the Ravens win. I didn't know that. Um, I, I think that um, that changes. I, I, like the, I like the Saints this week. I don't know why. It's such a terrible matchup. The Ravens are the number one team against passing uh, offense. At least that's what my uh, fantasy uh, matchup said. This week, uh, a lot of people even sitting Drew Brees, uh, whatever. I think that they get the job done. The Saints have to f- start finding their way. I don't buy into the Ravens. I just don't think their offense is any good. Uh, the defense is okay, but this isn't a defense that beat the Giants in the Super Bowl either. Maybe it's just going on a hunch feeling, but I like the Saints this week coming off of a bye against the Ravens. And obviously, if they do that, they cover the spread because they're underdogs. Um, Rams and Niners, nine-and-a-half-point favorites for the 6-0 and Rams. Uh, traveling up to San Francisco to Santa Clara um, <laughs> against the one and five Niners, who have only played two home games so far out of their six games for the Niners. So they're about to hit a big stretch of home games uh, in San Francisco. Uh, does it start out with a cover? Because I don't think any of us think it's going to start out with a win. I have a covering though. Listen, they they played the Packers tight. I, I thought early in the first half. C.J. Brighthead has that offense putting up points. Uh, listen, I'm going to call him that until <laughs> until he beats the Giants. Until he retires. If he beats Giants. the Giants when we go there, he earns the right to be called. No shot. I I still, the Giants doesn't earn anything. Yeah, I still wouldn't be able to pronounce it right. Uh, listen, they're a team that's moving the ball right now. They're a team that's putting up points. You're seeing a Rams team that's giving up points. Um, I have, nine and a half is a lot. I I think they cover. I think the 49ers were a little underwhelmed after that Packer game. It was a game they really should have won. If it wasn't for a penalty, we were ready to go into overtime. And um, I'm going to take the Rams here. They're just the best team. And uh, obviously, they're going to win this game. And I think they'll cover as well. They're the best team they're in football. Good. They're good. They're good in every single facet of the game. They easily get to 7-0. They win this game by two touchdowns or more. Wow. No problem with the cover. Um, this is the best team in the league against the beat-up 49ers team that is just not that good. The Niners put up a great effort last week. And when you're a bad team that puts up a good effort in a primetime game and you come away with the loss the way that they lost, sometimes to me, you don't have the mental ability to bounce back from that and have a big effort again against the best team in the league. I don't think that that's going to happen to them. They're just not that good of a team to do it two weeks in a row. That loss had to take a lot out of them last week in Green Bay. I think that the Rams take advantage of it. Another big week for Gurley, Goff, Woods, Cooks. No Cooper Cup this week, so there was that third receivers had some good numbers too, Mike. I'm, maybe you think of his name right now. I can't. Reynolds. Uh, Reynolds. He's had a couple of uh, Josh Reynolds. What, once, uh, what's his face? Once uh, Cooper Cup got hurt, I'm all over the Rams this week. I think they win this one going away. It should be a blowout. Um, and in a game that you know, I wish both teams could lose because I hate them both. It's the Cowboys and Redskins. <laughs> I'm sure that it'll be on in New York because everybody's got to see the Cowboys every freaking week. Uh, but it's the Redskins, uh, one-point favorites at home against Dallas. Uh, and I'll take the Redskins. You guys have tried to sell me on their defense and Alex Smith, and I'll buy that tomorrow. I don't think he makes a mistake against the Cowboys. Uh, we all agree we don't think the Cowboys are good. I think the Redskins' defense is a little underrated. At home, I'll take the Skins. I think the Cowboys are going to uh, – they over-succeeded last week. They put up the 40 against the Jaguars. They're going to come into Washington. It's not going to be the case. Um, I like Washington and Alex Smith to go in and win. Uh, Cowboys 3-0 and at home, 0-3 on the road. Uh, that trend continues. 
they don't go. Now we all agree, Mike. We finally have our game. We all agree on. Um, I like the Redskins tomorrow. I like them going away. I think that they are uh, they're just a better team all around than the Cowboys. And the Cowboys need to be at home in Jerry's world and, and have all that working for them to win. That's obviously not happening tomorrow. Um, second week in a row, we get the Chiefs in primetime on Sunday night. No, that's that's a good thing. Okay. They are a lot of fun to watch, and they're taking on the well-coached 4-2 Cincinnati Bengals. I tried to say that without laughing. <laughs> yeah, listen, they put up 40 points last week, almost against any other team you win that game. If it's not Brady with the ball in his hands marching down the field, maybe at least get to overtime and come out with a win in that game. I will take the Chiefs to recover tomorrow. Uh, six points, yep, lay the six, taking the Chiefs. Uh, it's a tough loss for the Bengals against the Steelers last week, and um, this game, they needed last week's game. They could have really put some cushion in that north, uh, get away from the Steelers at least. Tough division, but this is a tough game, too, to go into Arrowhead on prime time. Um, we all know what that offense can do, and then they got the crowd behind them. Maybe the defense can wake up. I got to go with the Chiefs to win this one. Not a chance in the world the Bengals are winning this game tomorrow. This is where they start to come back to earth, turn into the 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven team that they always are under Marvin Lewis. Um, and then lose their playoff game if they make it. Uh, they don't win games like this, and they're not winning a game like this tomorrow. It's all against them. I'll give those six points any day of the week. They're a lot to be in my uh, in my uh, confidence mix tomorrow. Chiefs all the way tomorrow. Um, easy cover. I'm surprised that the spread's not even that more. Probably because Vegas knows a lot more than I do. But the Bengals are not a bad team. Yeah, either. they're bad. They suck. I'm sorry. The Bengals, they're always going to be the Bengals until they prove that they're not the Bengals. To me. They just got to find a way to that first round of the playoffs so I can win some money. And then, right, and then they'll not be the Bengals anymore. But this is just not a game the Bengals ever win. Um, but that's tomorrow's action. Um, all of our posts are up on our Twitter. Um, any questions you have, of course, hit us up with. You guys do plenty of it uh, all week long. Um, but there is some college football today, guys. Um, Vinny, I'm sure you have some picks locked, loaded, and ready to uh, give out to our uh, – And, Vinny, before you get to that, Michigan and Michigan State, Devin Bush on Michigan just uh, went out to the Michigan State logo and was stomping all over the logo in warm-ups. It's all over Terrell Twitter. Owens, like, Interesting. That's all over terrible. Twitter. That's going to be a great game. What I'm really curious about Michigan and Michigan State is if it's going to be a blowout or one of those traditional defensive games that we've seen. And uh, Michigan's offense has really right the ship. They're both coming off huge wins. Michigan beat Wisconsin. And MSU beat uh, Penn State. So it's going to be interesting. I'm going to take MSU to cover this point, these points here. Seven and a half is a lot at home after a humongous win on the road in Penn State. But Michigan's been rolling, so I think Michigan's going to win. But give me MSU with the seven and a half. Um, a lot of good games, and a lot of good games at 12. So go out there and start cracking your beers open early, everybody. I'm taking Temple to win against Cincinnati. Now, I'm going to tell you flat out honestly here, I didn't follow any Cincinnati football, any Temple football. I'm just looking at it this way. Cincinnati's ranked 20th. They're six and zero. They're in Temple. They're four and three. Why is this? Why is Temple giving them four? Because they want you to take Cincinnati. And I don't know any player on either team, but we're taking Temple minus the four there. So give me them. Uh, that's just basic Vegas uh, arithmetic right there. Uh, Ole Miss and Auburn. Auburn lost three straight. I got them losing four straight. This is a team people thought could have been Alabama's only competition. Now I think they checked out. I think they're just not into it anymore like they used to be. Another loss here in the SEC. Give me Ole Miss at home with the five points. And then I'm going to go with Houston against Navy. I'm taking Houston with that 11 and a half. Not scared of the big line. Navy has thrown the ball 60 times. That's it. And Houston, their quarterback has thrown over 20 touchdowns with only three picks. This team airs it out. They score points. So that means that they get on the board early. There is no catching up for Navy. Give me Houston on the road there with the 11 and a half. 
And then UCF goes into East Carolina. East Carolina is a horrible team. They beat Old Dominion, and they beat my North Carolina Tar Heels. Not good teams this year. So East Carolina sucks. I think UCF bounces back big time after a close game with Memphis. I like them with the big line. It's 21 and a half. I'm buying it to 21. Give me UCF. An interesting game to watch, but I'm not betting, uh, especially for us Giants fans and people look for a quarterback. Justin Herbert and Oregon go on the road in Washington State. This is only Oregon's second road game of the year. So let's see what this kid's all about in his second road game and a big Pac-12 matchup as Oregon, 12th-ranked team right now. It's going to be a good game to watch. What time does that game start? I actually think it's a 3.30 start, but I'm not sure on that. Let me double-check. No, 7.30. 7.30. I'm sure it'll be on TV, Oregon, get, Oregon State. Get that double down. Yeah, put that up with the T, uh, MLB tonight. It's going to be on Fox. Oh, perfect. Um, I, I watch a lot of the Pac-12. I can't say I've seen much of Herbert, so I'll have this to take a look, look at him. The, um, I think ASU didn't play Oregon last year either, so I, I – um, Last week he that. had a rough first half against Washington. It was a good defense, but that guy took over in the second half and showed why he, he's ranked where he is right now. He actually looked pretty good, so this is definitely his biggest start. Second road game, this is this is big time here. Let's see if this guy can go out there on the road. And against the ranked team. 12 matchup, ranked team. This is going to show a lot about this guy's uh, character. Vinny, what are the official picks for Twitter? The official pick, Big Mike, is Temple minus four. Ole Miss plus five. Hold on one second. Temple minus four. Ole Miss. Yep. Plus five. Houston minus 11 and a half. And UCF minus 21 buying a half point. All right. A lot of good games today, though. It should be a fun college Saturday to bring us into that nice game seven tonight. NBA got started, Vinny, while Mike put those up already this week. We talked about it on Monday, underway. Everybody's gotten a game in. Nick's had a good first game. Nick's Nets last night was actually exciting to watch. If you uh, are a local Knicks fan, I mean, they're not teams that are going anywhere, but it was an exciting game. Nets get the win at the end. We saw LeBron's debut. We saw the Jazz and uh, Warriors go down to the end last night. What stuck out to you in the NBA in the first couple of days? It's uh, it's just a, it's fun. I, I know everyone knows what's going to happen. We all know who's going to win and everything. But uh, it was cool to see. I just like seeing idiots at the NBA because you really got to take the dogs. You really got to bet those marginal favorites. You, you got to understand the lines here. LeBron James, everybody hammering the Lakers plus four. There was no doubt in my mind that the Portland Trailblazers were going to win that game at home. The Lakers suck. That's what I got to tell you guys. <laughs> they cannot hit a three. There are a lot of misfits. There's literally clowns on that Lakers team. I wish I was saying this to Bahan on Monday night. There's clowns. JaVale McGee, clown. Lance Stevenson, clown. Beasley, clown. These guys are jokes. They're misfits. They don't blend in well. Nice game from Hart on the other on the other side of things. And Brandon Ingram, everyone thinks he's going to take this big leap because LeBron's his teammate. No, he is not going to be an all-star, guys. He's too scrawny. LeBron's home debut tonight with the Lakers against the Rockets. Um, giving, uh, I'm sorry, they're getting three and a half points. This is Fred. This is Fred, but I can't see Houston not covering that. But, it's, yeah, but I'm not confident. Two. That should be a seven-point spread after watching the Lakers. The Rockets can definitely hit the three. But the NBA Lakers teams, aren't they so much different usually at home than on the road? They, they are, but the Rockets were talking about the best team in basketball last year. Wow. They were the best team in basketball. They do have Carmelo Anthony now. They did find cancer in the offseason. But um, I'm going to ride with the, the Rockets here. I know it's going to be an electric crowd to see the King in uh, L.A. for the first time. But that team is just not good. I'm sorry, LeBron. You picked a bad team to go through this year. All right. I'm sure uh, you'll put more bets up there. You had a big day yesterday. Yeah, 3-1. I missed my under by two points. Um, you missing a bet there, Mike? I am. I have UCF uh, minus 20 by the point. Ole Miss and Temple. What's the last one? Uh, what was the last one? Ole Miss, you got uh, Houston. All right. 
All right, we get to the uh, towards the end of part of our show, uh, another show that uh, luckily we don't get for you guys. We don't talk about much hockey, but hockey and basketball both underway. Um, so a lot of fun with that. Um, if you're a Giants fan, it's it's uh, and you're a Giants Yankee fan now. You're looking at uh, basketball and uh, hockey or whatever you're gonna bet on. Yeah, Nixon Rangers. They're looking really good this year. Uh, yeah, they're they're gonna be great in the New York area. New York sports just a really really tough time for New York sports. No championship coming out of any of these New York teams um, unless it's the Yankees, which wouldn't happen for at least a year. So just another year of just crap in New York sports. Uh, but anyway, uh, final uh, final thoughts. Is there anything I missed? I feel like there's so much to talk about. There had to be something you guys want to talk about I missed. No, I will just say, uh, Eric, the only reason the Ranger games have been close. He's been awesome so far to start this season. So You have to wonder how long that can last, too. He's, he's going to get tired out. The one game he didn't play, they gave a big goal, yeah, right? Yep. And then they sent down Georgiev the other day. So just get some playing time. And let's go Sharks tonight. Yep. Big game in the Shark Tank, baby. Let's go. I'll say this. The Islanders' seven-game start has been a brutal schedule. Just like the Giants, at least the Islanders got some wins out of it because the Giants haven't done that either. And uh, we'll talk about that Giants-Falcons game on Monday night as we rejoin you again without Goon, of course. Um, but we'll be back Monday night and, of course, every Saturday morning to talk about college football. Next week it'll be uh, World Series. This Monday night we'll be previewing a World Series. It yeah. gets underway on Tuesday. So enjoy Game 7 tonight, guys. They're the two most exciting words in all the sports, uh, whether you're a fan of the teams or not. Even if you're not a great fan of the sport, you got to watch Game 7. I watch Game 7s in the NBA. So you can watch Game 7s in baseball if you're not a fan. Just an awesome sports weekend for you guys. NBA, NHL, Game 7. College football today, and then you got a football Sunday tomorrow in the NFL, and then we wrap it up on Monday night with a huge game between the one and five Giants and the two and four Falcons, which I know everybody can't wait for. But uh, until then, guys, thank you for watching. Of course, uh, over the top sport on Twitter. Anytime you need us, keep annoying Mike, man. You keep those thing. Your thumbs are in better shape than any of ours with all those fantasy questions you got. And, uh, and if you follow us because of that, and you tune in because of Mike's answers, thank you to Mike and thank you for tuning in. So we'll see you guys. Monday night, we get ready for Monday Night Football and the World Series Game 1 in Boston. Who will it be? We'll find out tonight. See you later. Oh, i got to end this. <laughs>